going on, everybody? Welcome back to On the Back Burner Podcast. On this episode, Chef Tristan and I, uh, we're talking to Chef Michael Mondragon of Mighty Mike's Meats. He's telling us about uh, his near-death experiences and how he came up to be one of the most uh, followed and favorited barbecue trucks out here in Albuquerque. You know, has an amazing story. Please tune into this. You got to check it out. Mitch the Kid, go ahead and cue that music. This is On the Back Burner with executive chefs Tristan Rogers and Dominic Valenzuela. Welcome back, everybody, to episode nine of On the Back Burner. I'm Chef Tristan Rogers from Hollow Spirits. I'm Chef Dominic Valenzuela of Taco 10. Dom, who do we have here? We got Michael Mondragon. Oh. The Chicano Viking. <laughs> That's what, after learning that last name, Mondragon, that is a hard, like, I'm going to put that on a jersey. I'm just going to rock that. Mighty sure, Mike's Meats. You got to tattoo it on your belly, fool. I will. <laughs> I will, dude, for sure. <laughs> for sure. That's like, that's like that pinta stuff. It's going to look all sick. Mondragon, nah, my homie. When people ask me, well, I'm going to be like, oh, I'm so stuffed. And what'd you eat? I can lift up my shirt. I'm on the Yeah, I, I stuffed myself with him too. <laughs> <laughs> he stuffs me with his meat. Tell us, Mighty Mike's Meats. What What's am I up, supposed man? to tell you, man? Tell us, just tell us, like, be real and just tell us, like, where did it all start? So you want like the beginning? Yes. Like the birth of Mighty Mike's? I want the birth. I want all the guts and the nasty. The birth and the girth. Birth and the girth. All right. Well, let's go there. So (laughs) I've always had like Mighty Mike's Meats in the back of my head since I got into the strength game. It was always called like Mike's Mike's Meats, stuff like that. But I was like just a punk. I didn't know how to open a business or what to do for a business. I didn't really have a drive to open a business. Um, so I'm 37, about three years ago, three and a half years ago, I was pulling a 500 pound deadlift and I had a heart attack. Um, and I still locked that deadlift out. Still did my fucking workout. I just thought I was having chest pains. Uh-huh. Um, still finished my stuff. And my partner at the time was a little concerned. She had me, you know, she was also my coach. So she had me like slow it down. Pain went away, this and that, whatever. I went to work the next day when I was working for, like, a regular-ass job, just like a regular-ass dude. I started having another heart attack. But the pain was there. Mm. It was coming through. Um, I even joked with my homie, Daniel, who's a receiver. who was like, hey, you better not drop dead here. I was like, man, I'm going to live forever. Eh? This is chest pain. I called my partner at the time, told her what was going on. She yelled at me to go get to the hospital. I was at the store. I worked for Boris at Deli Beats back then. You know, as a as a representative, um, and I was at the Smiths. Um, it was right across the street from the Loveless, mm-hmm. and my my ex told me to go and do the hospital, go check check. So I got checked. As I was telling them my symptoms, they um, they rushed me to the back, put an EKG machine on me, told me that I've had five major heart attacks inside of twenty four hours. Holy shit! And I was like, what the fuck. So they rushed me to heart hospital, um, called my boss, called my ex, called my friends. Um, 
and they said the right hemisphere of my heart was almost dead. And if it wasn't for the way that I live, like it wasn't for me working out, stuff like that, I would have been dead. The doctor told me that I need to slow down. And what I felt is like I need to hurry the fuck up. Mm-hmm. Where everybody else needs to slow down, where everybody else have a heart attack, I got to be healthier, I got to do that. I have two kids, I have two boys. And I tell them, I used to tell them every day to do whatever the fuck it is you want to do. Because I deep down inside wanted that. I wanted to work for myself. I'm a high school dropout, man. I'm a, I have a felony record. Um, as most chefs do. Yeah, as most of yeah, I'm learning that now. <laughs> um, but I, I, in my head, you have to have like a college education. You have to do this room business. You have to do that. You know, but like, I guess technically, even when I was still dope, I was still running business for myself. Yeah. You know, and, and that's the, the same ideas that I had as a younger drug dealer, entrepreneur, <laughs> I took in as a barbecue, you know? Right. Um, so when the doctor told me to slow down, I told myself, this is a make it or break it time. I got to show my kids. I'm not bulletproof. I'm not going to live forever. I'm not invincible. Uh, I, and I, and I got to do something for my kids. You could tell a kid to do something. They're not going to fucking listen to you. Right. If you show them and you lead them, they might follow that footstep. And so I started Muddy Mike's um, overnight. I told my ex that they want to start my business. I, as soon as I got out of the hospital, so they want to start a business. And everybody kind of joked today. It was a joke to everybody. You know, a phase. He had a heart attack. It was just a phase. Uh, started Mighty Mike's. Um, started the Instagram. Uh, has no followers. But I would post stupid shit. I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know how to do anything. Mm-hmm. I was just posting stupid shit. And then started getting a little following here or there. The, what I did have is like a big um, uh, friendship or follow uh, like a community in the strength world right. you know you know because i did strong man i did crossfit did power and stuff and they need to eat yeah those big motherfuckers need to eat <laughs> so i started pre-packaging stuff in vacuum sealed bags i didn't even have a business license i don't know i need a business license started selling stuff and then um the owner of iron soul reached out and gave me a little cooler in there let me sell in his spot and i would do little demos you know little slider sandwiches and then my ex, you know, she was, um, uh, she is a shareholder for New Mexico Strongman out here. So she has to hold up to two comps per year. Mm-hmm. So naturally I was like the food guy. I had a backyard smoker. I cooked like two pork butts and a brisket, like a rack of ribs. And then we'd sell like that. Like we, she had her competition. It was at Zia Strength where I go to the gym at now. It was at Zia Strength, and then we had our first setup there. Or we had our first setup over there, and then, um, and then again, like my little Instagram had two hundred followers, um, and then we got into Little Bear. They actually called us because they met me through Iron Soul. Iron Soul had us do some strongman comps. Um, little Bear gave us a little position there, and then we got a phone call from Thirsty Eye, and this is we you know we would set up tables. I'd barbecue out like the backyard smoker overnight and then we'd take tables, me, my son and my cousin Gabby. We would take tables, set up, and then um and I was still working, still doing board set, but doing my business on the side. And then um it just gradually, slowly started growing. And I cause deep down this is like 
I needed to prove to myself I could do something and prove to my kids like if their fucking father could do this they can mm -hmm. and so that was like my drive that was my thing and then now here we are three years later and I'm sitting in a room with Chef Dom Chef Rogers <laughs> and bullshit with you guys like I went from being an absolute just nobody to hanging out with guys like you <laughs> so the funny thing was is I heard about your you know your, your barbecue uh, through a friend of mine and uh, reached out to you because we were doing smoke meats during the pandemic yeah. and I was like hey man I would really love for you to come and you know show me how to do some smoked meats and you stopped what you were doing and you came right over to all the spirits and Man, like, we had a great conversation. That was the first time I ever really met. I knew of you. Because we talked through Insta. But only how beautiful, your, how beautiful your setup was. Right. I never was able to get to Hollywood. Right. And then we, we finally, you finally came down and gave me some pointers. And, and we talked and we hit it off. Like, it was, you just, you're, you're a down dude. And yeah, you know. You're real as fuck. And you know what I mean? And, and you... You worked your ass off to get where you're at, man. Like we, like you, and you're barbecue, dude. Like, seriously. Thanks, dude. Like I mean, that that means you always say I'm not a chef. You don't have to be a chef to to make food. You just, it has to. It just has to be something that you're passionate. You about. have soul. Yeah. Yeah. What I'm learning. Soul. What I'm learning is like it just has to be good. Mm -hmm. It just has to be good food that people enjoy, and 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 I can make good food. Like you know. But like I said, like, I get compliments like that. And before, I don't know how to take them, mm -hmm. you know, because like I said, I'm just some fucking dude that wanted to prove to himself that I could do something. That I wasn't, that I, I, I hated, I hated more than anything waking up, getting dressed, and leaving for work at 7 o'clock in the fucking morning for somebody else. And working my ass off for somebody. I hated that I was dying mm -hmm. doing that. When I had the heart attacks, I was like, fuck, I'm dying making somebody else a living. And I knew, I knew, like, if I could hustle and survive what I did as a kid, I could hustle and survive as an adult. Right. And, and I didn't have friends. I didn't know you guys. I didn't, I didn't have anybody in the chef community, anybody in the, the Albuquerque food community. And I just grinded and hoped for the fucking best. I had no direction. I had no idea what I was doing. I, I still don't. <laughs> but it, it works. Like, it, well, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm super proud. I'm super happy that I did. The last year has probably been the best year of my entire life. Lots of, lots of downs with that. But like I said, waking up, for, waking up for, at 7 a.m., working for somebody else all day long taking their shit having to listen to fucking customers whine and bitch and me have to take their shit it's like dude I didn't why mm -hmm. and now as a business owner we'll take care of customers you come to our window we'll take care of you we'll go above and beyond if you're gonna be an asshole in any fucking capacity not only will you have to deal with my staff which are all hard asses you know I got my son who's who runs a register and he's, he knows his dad's going to back him up. And we've had people, I want to talk to the owner. He goes, well, I'm the owner's son, and you're better off talking to me. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then, 
and then Anissa chimes in goes what, what do you want and Anissa is badass she's she's a great friend of mine she's also uh, she's a strongman she's actually won some huge strongman competitions she's just a badass little chick she's tough and I know she could run it and then and then there's my cousin Gabby who has been there since the literal first days we're having to pop up a tent in snowy weather because I'm like no we're staying mm -hmm. we're staying I cooked all night we're fucking staying you know and she grinded through those days with me and now she's just she's my cousin so she, I love her the most but she gets on my fucking nerves yep. but she'll talk who do you think you are blah, blah. so we, we we'll, we'll take care of you as a customer 100% the second you come up being an asshole we take I take great pride in telling you to fuck off mm -hmm. because for too long have I had to kiss customers' asses for a different boss? Mm -hmm. That's a the, yeah. that's a great, it's a great uh, stand that you're taking. Yeah. We had a guest on here. Uh, her name is um, Kate Irwin, and she takes the same stand when it comes to like Yelp and and you know these people who don't know the craft but want to put their two cents in. And tell you how to do your damn job. There's always that. And there's always that. But I'm glad you take that kind of stand. Is because you're not going to take shit. Look, this is something I love to do. This is something I've practiced. This is something I've gotten great at. You're not going to come in here and tell me what you think I should do. Exactly. That's, that's exactly where we're at. And, but not only that, I want my staff, my people to know. And this is a practice. I kind of have a plans of what I want Mighty Mike's to be. And, and that customer service practice is something I'm going to always keep, no matter how big we may become or we don't become. Even if we just stay at food truck, if you're going to come, we're not here for customer service. We're going to give you great customer service. We're here to give you good food. We're here to sell you good food. If you're going to be a shitty individual, we've had people say, you really lost a customer. Nah, fuck that. You lost my food. Because we'll never <laughs> fucking serve you. You'll never get to eat the product that I'm preparing, the product that after three years, I still eat on a daily basis. I eat my own barbecue four or five times a week. Yeah. You know, I, I, for my own meal preps, for my stuff, for the past three years, I, I haven't got tired of it. So I just I just really want my people to understand, and, and for me as an employer, to understand that I am going to take care of my employees first. Mm -hmm. I don't give a fuck about the other person we're taking their money from, even though that's how we pay our bills. There's a certain type of customer I'm going to go after, right. and I will pick and choose. And I've had, like, I've made posts with bad reviews. Right. I've had people comment under those posts, oh, I wanted to try your food, and now I'll never come up with a good. I'll block you, so you don't have to fucking follow me. <laughs> like, let me see you out. I think there's a level, there, there has to be that kind of level of, like, you know what I mean? Like, you're going to shed negativity on something that people love. You know what I mean? Then we're just not going to acknowledge it. Yeah, well, I'm just not going to. I'm, I'm, for 15 years, I grew very unhappy working for somebody else. It almost dimmed my light. It almost, I almost got snuffed out and became that person because the job was comforting and because the money was decent mm -hmm. that I was just going to be that. Yeah. yeah. And I don't want my employees to ever feel that way. So... So me and Dom were having a conversation earlier, right? And what makes your your food so good and it's makes crack. makes it makes it so no, good. seriously, <laughs> no, you sprinkle some crack on that shit. No, like what makes it so good is that a lot of people were talking about Traegers, right? Because you know our 
you know, Traeger grills. Alex yeah. has a, Alex has a, a Traeger grill. Alex everybody, has everybody has a Traeger and, and or a what's, bus. What's the difference? What I do, in my opinion, is is when you have more control over the fire and the smoke, it makes it that much better because you are literally taking you're taking the pride and the time that it takes to cook the meat. Honestly, I'm not gonna bash. I won't bash Traeger cookers. Don't bash them. You know, but tell I, the but truth. Tell I, the truth. Honestly, this is a back burner. Tell the truth. I'll, I'll be honest. I've, yeah. used, I've used pellet grills. Mm-hmm. We're, we live in 2021. Right. Pellet grills are easy to use. That's that's the whole thing of convenience. But for me personally, you know, I like. I just like the the fire. I love mm-hmm. fire. I like that's right. you know. I think you can cook good on a pellet smoker, um, and, and, and there's no shame in using a pellet smoker, but if you're going to go that route, you might as well get, if you really want good food, you might as well get like something that's a yoder. Like the triggers are a Walmart company at this point, same thing with like the any of these other pit bosses, you know, all that shit, that's like the generic stuff. If you're going to, I strongly feel if you want to use a pellet smoker and you truly love smoked meats. I get it. I understand it. You don't want to fight with the fire for 18 hours. You don't want to... I, I get that. Buy something expensive. A Yoder, a Rectech. But for me and a lot of other barbecue guys, you know, um, like, I'm really good friends with the Rev's barbecue. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that dude. And I, I think his food, his barbecue is better than mine. Um, but I think it could be just because I love him so much. Mm-hmm. But he works just as hard as I do. He has this big, beautiful 500-gallon smoker. He runs pecan smoke. I like to run a fruit and oak mix, Mm -hmm. but I genuinely feel that the old ways of cooking, you you know, you called me a Chicano Viking. Mm -hmm. I like the old ways. I just think the old ways, one, it's fun. Two, it just has a better flavor. There's more smoke on a constant, you know, with pellet smokers, from what I gather, they're like poofs of smoke, right. you know, because when it drops through the auger, right. stuff like that, you get the smoke, you get the smoke flavor, but it's not a constant. It's not that constant clean smoke. Yeah, when you're when you're using uh, an old school smoker, a wood burning smoker, stick burner, it's like cooking in a fireplace. There's constant smoke, right. mm-hmm. and you gotta you gotta know how to adjust for that. You gotta know when to spray for that. You gotta know when to rotate for that. You gotta know when it's oversmoked. How long your smoke is. You can't just like set it and forget it. Which is my point of like cooking with wood and pellets. Like that's the point is that when you cook with wood, you have to. Have, there's all these variables. There's so many different. Variables. So many different variables, I, which makes which I I think makes it more of a craft. Yeah, for sure. Like, don't get me wrong. My dad has a Traeger. He's getting good at brisket. Like, but even him, like the last brisket he cooked, he was like, "I think I overcooked it." And I was like, "Dad, this is like the best brisket you cooked." You can't really overcook brisket. You can't. You can't. You can. I've seen people do it. Uh. Yeah, it's bad. <laughs> but like you know, he he always had this impression that the brisket is you know what I mean. It should have a certain color. And I'm like, yeah, you're the color isn't right. Like, you know what I mean? And finally, the last brisket he cooked was like perfect, perfect bark, still juicy, like, and he thought he messed up. Yeah. And I was like, no, dad. This is perfect. This is perfect. Yeah. So uh, that's that's the differences, I think. Wood and cooking all that stuff and having to deal with all those variables is like the same thing that we have to deal with and 
back me if I'm wrong, mm-hmm. on a daily basis as being chefs. Absolutely. The variables, the mistakes, the things you have to consider. If I don't fucking turn this meat, like, you know, it's going to yeah, burn think, too I much. I think you guys as chefs are fucking psychos. Yeah. There's just too much. You guys know too much. Are you kidding me? I, I'm not going <laughs> to fucking stay up all night and fucking cook a brisket. Yeah, like, but like... That's just a psycho. No, like... I, I, That's what I mean. You, 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 you think that your your craft isn't... Is, isn't dude, it's, it's the same like, shit. I, uh, I get that. I'm not taking away from <laughs> what what I do, but I see you guys chefs. Like Dom has, I don't know how many different types of salsas on his menu, and each yes, one of them, amazing. each one of them are delicious. And it's a rotating menu. You have a rotated menu with the seasons, and everything you make it doesn't miss. Because I've literally went to your spot and eat everything that's on the menu, and it doesn't skip. You know, and like chef is chef is Rivera, he does. Tons and tons of stuff. All you guys that are chefs. I fucking smoke meat, dude. It's the same thing. It's beef, pork, it's, and chicken. It's a crap. But, but it's not like you guys have hundreds of thousands of different... Can you do this? I'm like, no. Why? Because I don't fucking know how. That's but, why. But and one, two, I don't want to. <laughs> one thing I've always loved, though, are, are those places that do one thing and they do it well. They do yes. it very well. Yes. And, like, yours start, may have started that way, but you... You're growing, like you're evolving, man. Like whether you see it or not, like I see you and I, right. I've seen you evolve, you know, in just a short amount of time. What I would like to know is like, how, where did you learn how to smoke? Did yeah. you learn from somebody? That's a good question. Um, that's, that's a fun question, actually. Um, so I guess like, what, 95% of us New Mexicans, I grew up poor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I grew up, starts out. yeah, I grew up very fucking poor. Um, my, my dad, uh, he's gone, you know, he's gone. Um, but he did his best. He was diabetic, was disabled, was disabled, so, uh, you know, on diabetes. Dis- he didn't really do much. So he, we had like com- uh, the commodities and food stamps. And my mom, you know, from Guadalajara, Mexico, uh, uh, she did her best. She didn't have like high education, nothing like that. My dad was smart as a motherfucking whistle. He was just sick. My mom, not so much. They were divorced, separated, stuff like that. They, they couldn't, we, we had like shitty food. And, and I would see my friend, I played football. And I'd see my flack, my Caucasian friends. <laughs> <laughs> having like these nice cookouts and talking about how their dad did this or going, I grew up in Las Lunas. They had like Machanta restaurant and, and uh, uh, you know, stuff like that. And that was just to me, high class food. And I've always wanted more. Even as a young little dude, little Portugano, I've always wanted more. I, I hung out with a homie of mine who had great parents. Uh, and he's still a good friend of mine. And I would see, like, they would make this great food. They, he would cook out and stuff. So I took it upon myself to just learn. Um, and I've always loved meat. I fucking hated vegetables growing up. I still dislike them. I don't hate them. I'll eat them if they're there. But I, I prefer not to. Mm-hmm. Um, but I took it upon myself to just learn food. And then I remember my dad taking us to Rudy's when I was a kid. And that was probably the first type of smoked barbecue I ever had. And I didn't know what smoked barbecue was before that. I didn't even know how it worked, how they got the smoke inside the meat. Mm-hmm. Like, what the fuck even is that? But 
I learned there wasn't YouTube back then. There wasn't. I didn't even. Right. I think internet just barely started being oh, a thing. Shit, yeah. We had it like at school, yeah. and everything had to download. So I started like. Yeah. So I started like reading books, like Texas barbecue books and stuff like that. And then my dad was always big on the grill, never smoking, but always on the grill. Yep. Us Chicanos love barbecue, man. Yep. The carne secas, you know. Do got the beer. You got you know. And then I, I then I had my um, grandpa who used to butcher pigs and we have the matanzas and stuff like that. And, you know, they deep fry everything. And then my, my grandpa would have this big ass fire. He'd cook the, the pig underneath it and talk about how smoke so it gets in there. So as a kid, I'm learning this, learning this, seeing my, my Caucasian friends eat all this fancy fucking food. And then you watch these movies where all these rich guys are eating like these fancy steaks. So I took it upon myself too. That's what I want. I want to learn what it takes to eat that. And I was actually talking to somebody the other day they're asked you know um it was up to about four or five years ago where i finally pinned down to me the perfect steak the steak that i've been searching for as a kid and 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 the barbecue was the same thing i've i've i worked really hard to get good at that and then i would smoke meat for my kids because we were still poor Mm -hmm. but i could still with smoked barbecue you could make a cheap rack of ribs Tastes like a thousand dollar meal, mm-hmm. so that's like what got me into barbecue was just wanting to to see what it tasted like mm-hmm. to live the high life, right? You know, to see what it tasted like to be my friends in the other neighborhoods. That was the motivation. Yeah, I wanted. I didn't. I didn't care about the money. I cared about the taste. Mm-hmm. I wanted to taste how it felt to have money, mm-hmm. and I, as a poor fucking kid, you gotta learn that, mm-hmm. and now. Like, I bought some grass-fed beef from C4 Farms, aged that bitch, smoked it, grilled it, and I was like, all right, I could die today. Nice. I finally pinned it down. I'm good. That's awesome. And that's what it came down to. The, the smoking meat, um, the fact that I love meat so much was I wanted to taste how it felt to be rich. That's beautiful, man. It's yeah. really beautiful. I, um, I'm curious, like, as somebody that hasn't, barbecued much you know I wouldn't call myself like I would probably go with a Traeger just because I'm like I'm a set it forget it kind of guy I'm a yeah. Ronco type guy you know? but let's not forget <laughs> about like old grills like you know like there's the old charcoal grills oh for sure grills. for sure no, yeah. I, I grew up with all of that I would say that I mean I, I definitely have all those experiences but taming the fire like the the way when I look and I see barbecuers pop up the lawn chair right by the grill you know, and are there, you know, with, with a fucking six-pack or a cooler full of beer, and we'll stay up all night just grilling beer. You've even posted videos yeah. doing this, yeah. and then, I have, and I then have, it comes service time, and then you go through all the service. I like, still serve. I have a routine when I smoke. Um, so taming the fire stuff, there's no taming it. You just got to learn how it works. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to burn pure fruit wood when I first started, but it burns too fast. Mm-hmm. And then I would do more oak, but to me, the oak was overpowering. So now I do an oak bed, because the oak burns hot as fuck. Doesn't matter how the temperature is, the oak burns good. So I'll throw in like one chunk of oak per two, three chunks of fruit. Mm-hmm. And I'll let the fruit burn, whatever, and just let the oak mellow out. You know? And I would watch my temperatures, adjust it, stuff like that. Um, but for me, when I do large cooks, when I run the big smoker, it's a routine, the whole routine. Mm-hmm. 
I start my smoke. I start my, I start my fire. And while my fire's burning, I sit down at a table just like this. This is a plastic rubber table. Easy now. Easy. No, no, but I'm, I'm trying to... I'm trying <laughs> we, we need to appear like we're a little bit fancy. <laughs> no, you guys are... I'm setting, I'm, I'm setting the stage for people listening. Just out at us. No, this, like, this, it's a plastic folding table when I set up my barbecue, okay? Because I put the table right in front of my smoker. I start the wood. I make sure the, the flame is going. And it's going to take about an hour to an hour and a half for the coal bed to start. Because we're not even burning fruit wood at this point. Right. It's oak for a fire bed. And then you got to let the smoker get the temperature. So at that point, I sit down. I have my beer. And it is always a Lacumbre Heffenweizen. Mm. Nothing more, nothing less. Because one, I can sip on that all night without getting shit-faced. And if I do get shit-faced, I can still work the next day. Because I'm not alone. <laughs> so I pop that open, I'll have my beer, and I'll eat my lunch. Or dinner, whatever the fuck it is at midnight. So I'll eat that, and then, and then, I, start, and then I start the fruit wood, and then I start to cook. And, and, and then they were looking at 12 to 16 hours of work. And that's just having a good time, chilling by the fire. It's so peaceful. Right. All by yourself. Just you and the fire. I put a radio, uh, a Bluetooth out there, and let's listen to tons of different music. What do you listen to? Um, I'll listen to, I'll start off with something mellow. So I'll listen to like Brenton Wood or fucking like old school, you know, Rita Franklin. Mm -hmm. And then towards the end of the day, uh, I'll put on some other types of rap. I'll put on like Black Delicious or um, Killer Mike <laughs> and start, try to like stay awake, you know, but still just keep it mellow. And then towards the end of the cook, we're talking four, five, six o'clock in the morning, I'll throw on some like System of the Down. Nice. So then I try to rock the fuck out. Cause <laughs> I'm like, all right, we have 12 hours of cook. We still got eight hours of selling, right. you know? So it's like a whole routine. And then... About five in the morning, I start popping open the cold brew coffee. Yeah, yeah. You know, and then I'll have like donuts and shit. The whole diet just goes out the fucking window. Right? <laughs> yeah, it's survival mode. And then we sell. We sell, you know, whatever event it is. You know, the last large event we had was 4th of July in Taos. Um, How was that? That looks huge. Fucking huge. First of all, I didn't think I was going to pull that off at all because that was the biggest event we've ever done. Second of all, we're not like an event truck I learned that day that there's a huge difference mm -hmm. um, because how small my trailer is but I did put an event menu we did sandwiches and nachos so we do a quick turn and burn there was a guy next to us selling fucking dollar cheeseburgers what? and then another guy next to us selling five dollar fucking sandwiches I'm over there selling fifteen dollar brisket sandwiches and we had the longest line no way yeah that's awesome and man. people were more than happy to give us $20 per fucking yeah, I mean, in fact, if I saw a fucking dollar cheeseburger, I'm not fucking buying that shit. No, Why I mean, is it a fucking dollar? That's I mean, I think it depends on how deep I am in whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> did, you, did you have one of the cheeseburgers? No. <laughs> I was too busy, man. Like, as soon as, as soon as those gates opened, it was Anissa, myself, and my son. And I was already up cooking. We legitimately had a line, the longest line I've ever seen for opening to close. Even when the fireworks started, people were still there just trying to eat food. Wow. People were telling me, we've been waiting for you to come out here. We've been trying to do this. And I'm like... That's got to be a good feeling. It felt good. It feels really, really good, but at the same time, I still... I, I don't think what I'm doing is anything... 
big. But you, you know, know what? Honestly, in 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 retrospective, like because you have that kind of mentality, like that's what's gonna make you succeed. You've seen the 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 possibility. You were right there with the reaper on the door. You know, knocking on your door. You literally kind of you. Yeah. You may not have been here. You know, right. but you survived in that. Now you're seeing the other side of life. Like, you know, it's all perspective. Mm -hmm. I, I sincerely believe that, you know? And you change your whole, you're like, fuck this. You know, fuck, I'm not playing I'm this game. Happy. I'm playing my game. I'm yeah. going to be happy. You know what I'm saying? You stop, whole you, life. Yeah. you stop playing society's game and you're like, no, I'm fucking playing my game. I'm making the calls and I'm doing what makes me happy and what I know I love. Unapologetically. And, yeah, unapologetically. So here's a question, right? Because I think... I think People who are listening that smoke meats have a problem with this part of brisket, the stall point. Let's talk about the stall point. It's got to learn right that shit, Explain, man. explain, <laughs> explain to our listeners because I know a lot of people try to cook brisket and they're like, "Well, it's not the temperature's not going up anymore." They don't know about the stall point, so let's talk about that. Yeah. So, at one sixty-five, there's definitely a stall point in brisket. Sometimes that stall point can last 30 minutes and you'll hit 167. Sometimes that motherfucker will drop to 162. At the end of the day, you just got to have to ride that shit out. There's really not a trick. You can't turn up the heat because you're just going to end up burning or having too much charcoal, too, uh, too, too, much, much bark. Uh, too much bark or too much wood. You can't really, you can't rush that process. It's going to happen. And when it happens, boom, it's going to fucking go. Right. You just... You're going to have to calm your fucking tits <laughs> and just let it ride. Keep the temperature. Follow your program. You have to have a pro, just like, just like weight training. Right. You know, Mighty Mikes, we're huge in weight training. I have a coach. I pay a coach for training. I'm, you know, you, you, you as a lifter, you hit a plateau. You got to ride that plateau out before you get any more stronger. You get the same fucking thing when you hit the stall point of the brisket. You just gotta fucking... It's gonna get there. Right. You just gotta ride it out. Just don't open your smoker. Just keep your fucking thermometer in there, your Bluetooth thermometer, whatever, and watch the temp. Because once it passes that stall point, it it's gonna fucking fly. Right. Yeah. And what's the best time to take out your brisket and wrap it? I can't tell that. That's my shit. <laughs> Do you know, standard. Yeah. Yeah. Talking about standard. Do you know how many different barbecue places I've opened up inside this last year? Mm -hmm. There's like four different barbecue joints that opened up. I love them and I respect them. They have their secrets. I have mine. So that's your secret. That's my. So let's yeah. talk about. Let's then then give me the uh, give me the um, the standard. Not what you do, but what people have said to do. So I'll just put it this way. You ever f smacked a fat ass that just <laughs> fucking that just jiggled and you're like, mmm, I want to eat that. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And then, okay, so that, that same concept. You ever smack an ass that didn't move and it's small and it's like, I don't really want to deal with that? That's when the brisket's not done. When you fucking get the brisket and you smack it and that whole fucking thing, when you have a good bounce to that ounce, that's when you fucking pull that brisket. That's the standard. That's uh, the Mighty Mike standard. That's if, poetic. Yeah, if it's not wow. going to jiggle, I don't want to swallow. <laughs> it's like clapping cheeks and smoking meats. That's, that's the standard. I don't, I don't know what everybody else does. A lot of the other barbecue guys I follow, quite frankly, they're boring. 
Mm-hmm. But the way I see it, <laughs> if you get a fucking brisket and it's tough and there's no wiggle to it and it's not fun, you don't want to eat it. You don't want to hit it. You don't want to fucking cut it open. But if you got that brisket and it fucking jiggles and it's juicy, you're going to want to put that shit in your mouth. Right. Mm-hmm. So you wait till the brisket. If you're not right, right in the temp, you wait till that motherfucker jiggles. All right. So another question then. How, because there's a lot of controversy about how much fat to take off. Oh man, is fast flavor, secret? dude. Fast flavor, you and me are fucking delicious. Yes. Mm-hmm. There's yes. a lot of there's a lot of people who trim off all the fat. And I and 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 God, you know, like yes, there's standards, there's people that do stuff the way it's supposed to be done. You know, uh, um Franklin's barbecue is probably like the barbecue god. I actually learned a lot from him. But he takes his time and a lot of people take their they trim off the silver skin, mm-hmm. they trim off all the fat. Just, I leave a lot of that shit on. Yeah. I leave a lot of fat on. One, because I'm trimming a fuckload of brisket per week. Right. Two, all of that is going to cook down. Everybody's worried about a rendering. Right. I understand you want your fat to render, but when you grew up like a little Mexican like me, and you're eating chicharrones, and we're having mm. tamales, and all that shit's cooked with fat. You know, tamales is covered in lard. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, there's a thousand calories per tamale covered in lard. Chicharrones. Ch- chicharrones. I was going to say chilaquiles. Chilaquiles. Same, same fucking thing. Right. But like chicharrones, all that is is pig fat. But you throw in some beans and a tortilla or some red chili, fuck me up. Right. To me, fat is indeed flavor. Right. I trim enough fat where the smoke could hit the meat. It doesn't necessarily win- render. So when I cut into the brisket, there is a thick layer of fat. I, I like fat. I'm that guy who will eat a eat a steak, eat a brisket, and, fat, and I will yeah. eat the whole fat. Yeah. And not only will I eat it, but I'll sit there and just mm. suck. Yeah. yeah, I'm like yeah. fuck. Yes, it's animal That's fat. That's why we're fat. I'm sorry. Yeah. I I love I love it. So I not I, all fucking look at these guys over here. They need to eat more fat. Yeah, <laughs> 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 but like fat, the fat is good to me. So I leave that on there because I'm going to eat my brisket right. and. And we have people, oh, do you have lean brisket? Fuck no, I keep the fat on it. Yeah. So just eat it. Yeah, the, animal, the point but, might have a little less. Yeah, but animal fat is good for you. That's There's the whole concept of animal fat. It's not butter and all that, oils, all that shit's bad. Animal fat is good for you. The Chicano Viking, I told you. <laughs> so <laughs> so, so I'll, I'll leave a nice layer of fat on my brisket. It's purely for flavor. Not because it's, oh, it's going to weigh more, you'll get more money out of it. It's about the flavor for me. I got a quick question before we get into the next segment. Is I got to know, do you, the trimmings that you take, do you take those and put those back in your smoker, let those render separately, and then have smoked fat? Not not right now. When I take the next step um, at Mighty Mike's, I'm definitely going to be having... um, Shit, I'm, I have my loss for a word. When you render, like, ghee. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. I think it's called tallow. Yes, tallow. Yeah, yeah. tallow. tallow. There it is. I was, yeah. I was, I'm definitely going to have a smoked tallow that I'm going to prepare. And I'm also going to do uh, uh, a 50-50 brisket and pork sausage Ooh. with both trimmings. But as of right now, I, I don't I don't have the kitchen space or the retail space mm. to package and sell that. The next, this year was all about personal growth. I promised my kids a home. I got that promise done. I, I, you know, this year was all about. Congratulations, by the way. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Homeowner. Yeah. 
all on my own business. You, you, you really don't give yourself enough credit as much as you, you get, I mean, you do, but I feel like, man, you are like, just listening to you. Cause we haven't had this before. Inspiration. I am so inspired and so moved by like your story, man. Like it's, uh, it's really beautiful, man. And you are a beautiful human. No, but the thing is, is you guys inspired me to your, I remember when you were uh, selling still out of your food truck and out of the, co- the, the car, I think that's the first place I met you. You didn't know who I was, mm-hmm. but it was the first place I met you. You were cooking. You have your own inspiration. You inspire people yourself. Chef is inspires me. You, Rogers, Rogers, when it comes to chefs, Chefs are fucking assholes. We know that. <laughs> Rogers has always shined a light on me. He's always been polite. No, not even know who it was. So you guys are inspirational. For me, I just think I'm just trying to. I'm just trying to live. I'm just trying. I want money to come in without having to work because I want to live the life my father never had, but always talked about. Mm-hmm. So that's for me is showing my kid. All of this is legitimately showing my kids if I could fucking do it, they could fucking do it. You're that's doing, my drive. You're doing it the absolute right way. You're not waiting for the money to come to live. You're living and letting the money just come. Right? Yeah. You know, and like live, live first. I think that's right. a good, good thing to take away. Yeah, that's you know? the thing. You know, we live, we, too many people, myself included, get too wrapped up in the hustle bustle of things of trying to make that money. We're not here to exist. We're not here to pay bills. We're not here to pay taxes. We're here to live. We get that one life. Mm-hmm. And after I had that heart attack, I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? Mm-hmm. And now, like, I do the cook, and I still love, I love the cooking process. I even love being in a trailer, yelling at customers and bullshitting and getting out meat, but I get exhausted and I get worn out. So now, this year was the first time, the last six months, where I just get to do the cook, and I can actually afford to pay a staff a decent wage See, yeah. to just go. Right. And I don't even have to go to that trailer. Right. I just, I get to start the next day. That's, That's awesome. awesome. That's beautiful. Yeah. We're going to have to get into the back burner right now. I think it's that time. It's that time. We're getting to the end of the part of the episode. What does that we mean? We put you on the back burner. <laughs> so we put you on the back burner. We put 45 seconds on the clock and rapid fire oh, questions. Just like when I was a child. <laughs> <laughs> Where were you? We're gonna Why ask you like yeah, that? Seriously. Why are your eyes like that? <laughs> your eyes. Who's the cabrón you talking? We're gonna put forty-five <laughs> seconds on the clock, and then we're gonna ask rapid-fire questions. Answer, answer these questions. Fuck, all right. The best that you can. Do we have forty-five seconds on the clock? All right, here we go. And three, two, one, go. Favorite pop tart. Chocolate. I did that. The marshmallow one. Ooh. Yeah. Favorite celebrity. Oh, uh, Ryan Reynolds. Favorite fast food? <sighs> a Whataburger. Okay. Whataburger's good as fuck. What would be your last meal? Steak. <laughs> uh, but a Wagyu steak that's been dry aged for 30 days. Okay. Prepared either by myself or Chef is. Worst fear? Dying to nobody, honestly. Not leaving my mark. Everybody has something they could be. Well, I think five seconds. Uh, Taylor Swift or uh, Katy Perry? Fuck Katy Perry. That's big drugs. <laughs> He's a baby boy. Come on, you're not gonna throw this guy a bone. Come on, man. You go. You want that? Uh, on that bone. He's Ryan Romero. Be 
would be pissed right now if yeah. you heard the answer. Brian Romero is the answer. Yeah, he loves. Brian, shout out to Brian Romero doing amazing things over there at the Ranchers Club. So real quick, Mike, uh, give us uh, give us a rundown of your business. Where can they find you? Uh, social media, all that good stuff. So rundown of business is Mighty Mike Smoke Meat. Uh, we do smoke barbecue with a Chicano twist. You know, make tacos, uh, uh, tamales. You know, uh, uh, quesadillas out of the barbecue. The fucking pork belly. The pork belly stuff like that. The easiest way to find us where we're gonna be at would be to follow us on Instagram or Facebook. You know, super active on that. Um, but follow, uh, look at Mighty Mike's Meats on Instagram. Super active. Uh, my schedule's there posted all the time my memes and all my bullshit <laughs> I love following you man like you have you are so entertaining you're just 100% you man all the time yeah, it's and just so, like life's not supposed to be serious it's supposed to laugh I love, yeah, I love watching your stories and just hearing you talk man about your day and you know, like, thank it's, you it's entertaining man definitely somebody who always keeps it 100 you know somebody that uh, is always welcome back you know and we love to have you as a friend and love to have you you know, just join any kind of space with us, man. Love yeah, sure, to man. have this meat fun. in Learn. my mouth. You're learning, welcome. Learning, <laughs> learning a lot the way you run your social media, man. You have such a huge following. Is it 5,000 plus right now? Right? Uh, 6,000 plus. 6,000 plus. This guy is growing like wildfire, man. I just need that kind, I just need that kind of customer base. Yeah, the followers don't necessarily mean customers. Oh, well, they're but there, I do have really good customers and people in my corner that when I'm fighting somebody those motherfuckers are fighting so <laughs> we got you Mike I'm like fuck yeah you like Beyonce you got the Queen Bee you got your little beehive we got, we got Mighty Mike's and the Meat Nuggets the Queen the Meat Nuggets the Meat Nuggets the Meat Nuggets and I'm proud to be a Nugget we'll call them the Chicharrones yes Mighty Mike and the Meat Nuggets nice, on as I love it alright that's been uh, that's our time thank, thank you guys for having me oh, thank you for being here man it's always a pleasure having you around you're a really good friend and we appreciate everything you do and um, make sure you go out follow Mighty Mike's Meats man and if you and haven't tried them meats. yet don't eat. just follow eat his meats go man once you get on the block that he's stationed at you're gonna know Yep. this is gonna be a good experience you know? thank Th you guys this thank has you. been on the back burner DJ Mitch the Kid, take us out of here. Bye. <laughs> you guys have a good one. <laughs> Follow us at BackburnerPC on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Recorded and produced in Albuquerque, New Mexico. On the Backburner is hosted by Tristan Rogers of Hollow Spirits Distillery and Dominic Valenzuela of Taco 10. Produced by Three Birds Digital LLC. Directed by Volek Media and Marketing. Audio engineered and edited by Mitch Pavelko. Podcast intro recorded and produced by Randy Savage. Find him at savagevo.com. Original music by Rocky Rhodes. Check out his music at soundcloud.com slash krzma. What up, queen? What it do? It's been a minute since I seen you. I wonder what you been doing. Yeah, you probably doing what a queen do. Balenciaga's when it come to you Cupid hit your boy with a semi-auto You went from baby to baby mama Yeah, don't be afraid to tell me what's the matter huh. I pull up in a Grammy outta I'm just a good fella like Ray Liotta. 